there's been a lot more information coming out of this synod, at least, at least in the preparatory stages. And I think there'll be plenty of time to be accountable. So we are small, and for many years we have been listening. And now we'd like to speak, and we'd like you to listen too. Vatican Viewpoint, the church in the world, seen from Rome. A podcast produced by Vatican Radio. I'm your host, Devin Watkins. This week, we're continuing our coverage of the 16th Ordinary General Assembly of the Synod. We'll hear from an American cardinal, an African archbishop, and a lay participant from Oceania to get an idea of where the Spirit is leading. We have something to give to the world. And what we give is from our heart, is our way of living, living in communion, living together, and building relationship. That is what we offer to the Universal Church. Grace Rakia from Papua New Guinea there. She spoke at a Synod press briefing at the Holy See Press Office this week. The Catholic Church has been in Papua New Guinea for 150 years. And Papua New Guinea is a very diverse country. It is a country of a thousand tribes. It is a country of 800 plus languages. Prior to Christianity, the elements of Melanesian spirituality comprised basically of four elements. One is community living. The second is an integrated worldview. And the third is harmonious relationship. Relationship with the cosmos, relationship with spiritual and physical beings. And fourth, religious rituals. Those four elements were already in existence in our culture. And that enabled us, my ancestors, to embrace Christianity and especially Catholicism. Globalization and other societal forces have made it hard to keep these ancient traditions and communal relationships alive, noted Ms. Rakia. Despite that, community living is embedded in our contemporary environment, our contemporary social networks. We live in communion, and that very much resonates with the three pillars of synodality, communion, where we see each other as family. Where our families are not close, they are wide extended, our web of relationship is very much extended beyond bloodlines, beyond ethnicity, beyond geography. And therefore, our web of relationship extends much further and thus include us in a very big community, community of one family, Uh, of God. In other words, synodality is deeply ingrained in the culture of Papua New Guinea and is something the local church there can offer the universal church. Synodality is something that thing that we do. We live synodality. We live in communion. Our community is around secular community. A village comes together, make a decision before something big decision is made. But first everyone speaks. Women also speak. So I am happy that the church, and I am so happy that Papa Santu has invited Papua New Guinea Solomon Islands to come, though we are small. A critic might say that the Synod on Synodality is a chance for the Church to bury its head in the sand and forget real-world problems. 
but in reality the problems of the world are very much present at the General Assembly. Daily morning prayers have recalled the war in the Holy Land and the plight of ethnic Armenians fleeing Nagorno-Karabakh. I think this synod is a very big consolation to Africa because with the problems we have in Africa, sometimes we feel isolated and abandoned. But coming to the synod, we join with the rest of the Universal Church to sit down and pray together for the problems that are going on in Africa and especially for the countries that are affected by war. This for us is a very, very big consolation. Archbishop Andrew Nkea there. He's the Archbishop of Bamenda in Cameroon. The Synod gives a chance for the voice of Africa to be heard. Africa has its own specificities and their own peculiarities. And when we come together to the, in the Universal Church in a synodal journey like this one, it is an opportunity for Africa's voice to be heard and to be heard where it is supposed to be heard. As in Oceania, synodality is not a completely foreign concept to the people of the African continent. Synodality forms part of the African culture because we always do things together as a family. And when we do things as a family, we consult everybody within the family. In the local churches which we have, we believe strongly in the basic Christian communities because in those basic Christian communities, Everybody is able to express themselves, and from those basic Christian communities to the mission stations, from the mission stations before you get to the parish level. Because when you come to the parish level, many people risk to be lost in between. But when you start from the basic Christian communities, and those basic Christian communities are made up of families, so everybody knows everybody at that level. So it is structured in a way that our culture helps us to be synodal. And I think that synodality is very welcome in Africa. You're listening to Vatican Viewpoint. Members of the Senate General Assembly have worked through Module A of the Instrumentum Laboris, or Working Document, and are now plowing through Module B, which focuses on communion. Coming to this Senate, I found it very interesting because it's the most diverse synod I've ever participated in. That was Cardinal Joseph Tobin, the Archbishop of the U.S. Diocese of Newark. He's been involved in the Synod planning process since 2018. We're talking about things that we heard in our own dioceses. In my diocese, we had about 16,000 people that took uh, active participation in the listening process. Now, that's a drop in the bucket compared to all of the Catholics in northern New Jersey, which would at least people that identify that way are between 1.3 and 1.5 million. But still, I think it was a significant group and a good beginning to look at what do they hope for? What concerns them? What do they dream about? What are they anguished about? And certainly in this brief experience of the Synod, you find out there's a lot of complementarity. A lot of people are concerned about the same things. And so we're listening to that because that's what the church does is listen. We believe in a, a God who became flesh and blood, like the rest of us, didn't stay in some celestial isolation. And so the church always has to be concerned with flesh and blood issues. By way of example, Cardinal Tobin told journalists about a meeting he once had in his Newark Cathedral with a group of LGBTQ plus Catholics. One of his auxiliary bishops told the group about the beauty of the cathedral. Bishop Manny Cruz said, this is a wonderfully beautiful place. 
but it's most beautiful when the doors are open. And so I think the real beauty of our Catholic Church is clear when the doors are open and welcoming. And it's my hope that this synod will help us do that in an even more significant way. Pope Francis has called for the Synod General Assembly to focus on listening, and most speeches or reflections on the floor are followed by a few minutes of silence to let the Holy Spirit speak. I also think that people do have an opportunity to weigh in because listening to the interventions that happened across the floor, people who were not looking at a particular aspect still had the opportunity to talk about it. This is different from prior synods. I can tell you this is the first time of those seven synods I come as a bishop. And I came in the the first five as a superior general. I used to feel very sorry for the bishops, particularly in several of those synods, because they said, we can't talk about what we want to talk about. I don't think any one of us can say that. The Senate of Bishops, which now includes lay people as well, is a consultative body that helps the Pope reflect on a specific pastoral topic. Consultative would be the likely key word here, according to Cardinal Tobin. Well, you could decline the verb to discern this way in the context of a synod. I discern, you discern, he decides. Now, that may sound rather authoritarian or uh, totalitarian, but actually it isn't, because I have been able to cooperate with Pope Francis on different things. He listens very carefully. He's remarkably well-informed, and he takes seriously the unity of the church. Thank you for joining us here on Vatican Viewpoint. We'll be back again next week.